0: Well, the, the policy as announced on coal mining is that Westpac um, will not lend to any uh, thermal coal mines in new basins and that they won't lend to um, new thermal coal mines unless it meets a certain um, energy content, a very high level of energy content. Now, what that means, uh, taking the technicalities out of it, is the first conclusion is very obvious that it immediately rules out any prospect of Westpac financing the Adani. Carmichael mega coal mine that's being proposed in the Galilee Basin. Um, Beyond that, it may also take them out of contention for other mine projects, but obviously that's down to a case-by-case basis, but clearly the, the biggest and most immediate implication is that Adani has lost another prospective lender to its proposed coal mine and they're going to need to look a lot harder for sources of private finance.
1: Indeed, now, where does it actually leave the uh, the Carmichael mine in terms of potential funding? Uh, obviously, there are many other potential investors overseas, and the Australian government themselves have uh, you know at least federally committed to to helping fund the mine itself i believe
0: yeah that's right what what we've seen in the last couple of years is um, commercial banks, private banks increasingly reluctant to lend to uh, coal projects, thermal coal projects in particular. So Westpac is actually the 19th bank, um, 19th private bank, to either distance itself directly from the Galilee Basin coal export projects or just put in a policy that means there's no way it could lend to the likes of um, the Carmichael mine in any case. Now what's happened is we've seen, much to the public's outrage, is that the government's response to this has been, well, if it's not going to get funding through... um, you know, private sources and by standing up economically on its own two feet, then we're going to have to throw taxpayers' money at it, which is just an outrageous way of um, desperately trying to push forward with a project that, you know, does no good to the environment, um, is likely going to, you know, cost jobs around the economy, um, you know, and it's still being opposed by traditional owners. So um, this is where we're at. We've run great Campaigns, the public has demonstrated its opposition to the project. That's forced and caused a lot of commercial banks to um, dust their hands and say, no, nope, we're not going to touch this." And as a result, the federal government is trying to use our money as taxpayers to prop up this uneconomic project.
1: Well, certainly the Resources Minister, Matthew Carnarvon, has, uh, is very much in favour of the project and has come out quite uh, critically of Westpac's decision. Why do you think it is that, I guess federally, the government is so keen on, on financing this project? I mean, they're arguing that it's about opening up the entire Galilee Basin. It's not just about Adani, that it's you know about this rail link and so forth. But why is there this sort of almost ideological obsession with uh, particularly funding this uh, project?
0: Yeah, that, that comes across almost like a rhetorical question. I mean, it, it, it is an ideological obsession with maintaining, uh, you know, their support for the coal industry, despite the fact that, you know, we need to be moving to the alternative to coal as fast as we possibly can if we're going to deal with climate change. I mean, it's, it's not just the Adani mine, um, the Carmichael mine that they're trying to support, even though that's the one that's got the most realistic prospects of going ahead. You mentioned the Galilee Basin, you know, they're talking about thousands of jobs um, from projects that are practically dead. I mean, these are zombie projects now that only have even a sniff of a chance if the Adani mine goes ahead, and even that doesn't really do that much to change the economics of the projects. Um, I think it's basically just ingrained into the current government's thinking and mindset and, as you put it, ideology um, to back coal no matter what, um, even if it's throwing around the idea of new coal-fired power stations being built when they're not even needed in in Queensland using, again, taxpayers' money. Um, This is, you know, for a one-trick pony, it's a pretty ugly trick. Um, But, you know, while you've got the likes of Scott Morrison walking into Parliament waving lumps of coal around, uh, it it looks like a fairly basic, irrational, ideological bent that, unfortunately, for the rest of us, is environmentally and economically quite a dangerous thing.
1: We are speaking to Julian Vincent from Market Forces, and you're listening to the Indie Media Show on RTRFM 92.1. Indie Media. Now there has been a massive uh, campaign over, particularly the last few months, uh, from uh, people in Australia, uh, councils, shires, activists, and others, uh, calling on uh, Westpac not to fund the Adani mine and uh, taking all sorts of actions. Uh, market forces, of course, are uh, hugely involved in that, in the terms of, uh, I guess, a divestment campaign and so forth. Where to now for the campaign? Uh, specifically from uh, market forces' point of view, where should uh, we be focusing our energy in terms? of trying to stop this uh, Adani coal mine?
0: Well, I do think that everyone who's been involved in the campaign, from you know organisations to local groups to um, even just people who have been on their own back just uh, contacting Westpac and, and making sure their opinions are, are made clear, uh, and not only you know acknowledging the progress that's been made, but acknowledging that amongst themselves as well, because it has been a, an enormous effort by a lot of people to um, get to this point. Uh, but it's a good question because that's where all of us are now thinking, where to next? It's not like we have run out of um, potential financing prospects for the project. We've already talked about the NAIF. Um you, know, you go to a lot of the organisations' websites that are working on this campaign and you'll find the ability to contact the NAIF and, and to put the same sort of pressure on them as we have been with Westpac. There's also the likes of um, you know, Commonwealth Bank, for example, who, uh, while they walked away from an advisory role for the project several years ago. You know, we know that they still have a relationship with Adani, having loaned to be, um, the Abbot Point coal export terminal, which was Adani's first purchase and part of their plans to become, you know, a coal exporter from Australia. So they do have an existing involvement, and we just can't take any chances with this project. If the coal mine goes ahead, I mean, it's essentially game over for a, any prospect of a, a stable climate into the into the future. So. Um, you know, we we need the rest of the potential private banks to fall in line as well. And I'd put right at the top of that pile the likes of ComBank, who um, have, you know, essentially made it easy for us to identify them because they have a relationship with Adani today.
1: Certainly, and then beyond Adani, uh Westpac themselves are still funding uh, many projects that are perhaps not the best for uh, for climate change here in Australia and internationally. And many banks, of course, uh, are funding uh, projects that are not the best. So I'm sure there's much more work to be done. Uh, just quickly uh, talking a little bit about market forces. In recent years, there's been this emergence of uh, groups such as market forces. There's also markets for change and others. It, it seems to be a really effective uh, strategy and tool in terms of, as you were saying previously, when, uh, you know, governments are really... Uh Pushing for these sort of projects, uh, applying pressure to banks or other, you know, the corporations and so forth to to live up to their supposed ethical standards seems to be quite effective. Is is, is that something you see increasing in terms of the realm of, I guess, uh, social change activism in Australia? And and can you just tell us a bit about market forces generally and and where to now for uh, the the organisation? Sure. Well, what I hope
0: to see changing and increasing across civil society is that we continue to find additional ways of uh, finding and exerting power um, as citizens and as members of the community. So, uh, you know, you mentioned sort of what how, how beneficial these sort of campaigns are in a context where the government's trying to clearly push down a, an ideological agenda of more fossil fuels no matter what. You know, even when the government is... Uh, one that's more progressive and more on side on environmental issues, we still need to hold them accountable as you know, the people that we have uh, elected, or even if we haven't elected them, the people that are supposed to represent us. So there's always going to be an important role for that. But I think what um, one of the things I've been seeing, pleased to bring with market forces to the rest of the communities is a, a greater awareness of how you can tap into many other sources of. And influence, and so alongside campaigns trying to change um, government behavior and policy, we can be plucking into the power we have as customers, as shareholders to some of us, and a lot of us, the shareholders, via our super funds, um, and use the fact that our money is invested and wrapped up in the economy that we're trying to change. Um, it's voted on every single day uh, by whether or not they're supporting projects or not supporting projects that could be good, could be bad for the environment. It's voted on with super funds who take their decision on whether or not uh, companies that we're invested in uh, have the right directors on their boards or uh, whether or not they support resolutions to favour climate change disclosures and disclosure of climate risks or action on climate change. There's a multitude of ways that, um, that people can take action and actually be powerful. Uh, I think the most important thing to, to keep in mind is that what, what's the healthiest thing we can have here is a, a really powerful, engaged and informed civil society. So I think what we've done is help with, uh, with pointing out a few of those other avenues, but that, that's why I'd love to see um, civil society progress even more.